and welcome to the Praying Wife Podcast. I am your host, Corinne Cash, and I want to thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Today, we are going to be going through a scripture that I know is very, very familiar. Um, it's one of my favorite, and I'm sure believers and even some non-believers may know at least a piece of this scripture. Um, but one thing that I've realized is a lot of times we learn scripture, we memorize it, but we don't take the time to really stop and think about what it is we are reading. So I wanted us to just go through verse by verse uh, one of my favorite Psalms, and it is Psalm 23. And let's just get right into it. Psalm 23, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Um, I actually really enjoy that translation. It really tries to take scripture and adjust it to where it, it makes more sense for us in our everyday life. Not that it changes uh, the meaning or the context, but it tries to make it more relatable. And so if we start from verse one, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Now, if we stop here, because we're going to go verse by verse, when we think of a shepherd, what's what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Now, obviously, you know, we can say a shepherd is a, a person who tends or who rears sheep, right? I mean, after all, that's exactly what a shepherd is or what a shepherd was. Um, but it's very interesting because uh, the, the entire psalm was written by King David. And it, it made sense to him at the time to write where he can compare it to the things that he knew. And we all know back in Bible times, there were a lot of shepherds. There were a lot of farmers. And so a lot of times you'd see shepherd, sheep, farm, farmers, seed, that kind of language in the Bible, because that was the familiar um, thing of the time. And so David uses rightfully so, the word that he knows would adequately describe what to him, his relationship with God or what God is not just for him, but to us. And so he says that he is a shepherd. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. What else do shepherds do besides tend to sheep? They guide them. They, they lead them. They are the ones that the sheep listen to. Uh, we know in another voice, it says, my people are my sheep and my sheep, they know my voice and they will follow me in another voice. They will not follow. It was the same way back in in those days. And I want to believe even now I'm not a farmer by any means. <laughs> um, so if you're a farmer and you're listening, you can correct me on this. But uh, the, the sheep, they learn the voice of their shepherd. And they know who they should listen to. So you can have uh, a bunch of sheep and you can have multiple shepherds that tend to a specific group of those sheep. And if they were to say, you know, come here or wrangle them in, they know which shepherd to follow because they learn the voice of their shepherd, the one that leads them, the one that guides them. And that is who God is to us and what he wants us to become learning his voice, understanding his ways, trusting in him to do exactly what he is as a shepherd, to lead, to guide, to rear. I think if I were to write this in today's, I would say the Lord is my loving father. Um, and he is a loving father. Because if we start to think about exactly what the role of a loving father, and I'm intentionally saying loving because unfortunately in our broken world, our broken society, we have a lot of relationships with fathers that are not 
uh, great examples of what God would like us to know that he is when it comes to him being a father. And if you are in that particular situation, if that applies to you, um, I hope that God is even now beginning to apply a spirit of forgiveness. Um, And that's something that's completely different. And we'll talk about that um, at another time. But in this case, God is a loving, a loving father. And if we think about it, if you are a parent and you, 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 you do exactly what the next part of the verse says, it says, I have all that I need. And so that means that as a father, as the shepherd, he makes sure that he gives us everything that it is that we would need. Not to be confused with want, though I know that the, the New International Version said, I shall not want. It's like, I don't, I don't need for anything because God is my father and he gives me everything I need. Just as parents, we make sure that our kids have food. They have shelter, a place to sleep. They have um, clothes on their back. They have, you know, whatever it is, books for school. We go out of our way to make sure that our children have everything that we need. And so God wants us to really get this in our spirits from verse one. He is that shepherd. He is that loving parent that gives us everything that we need. He leads us, he guides us. And then we go to verse two and it says, he lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. Now, if we stop right here and think about it, not only does he let us rest in meadows, just any old nice forest, (laughs) but in green meadows. And again, we have to always remember the context. Uh, There were a lot more beautiful gardens and forests and and meadows at the time. Uh, And so it made sense that David would compare it. And if you think about a beautiful garden, we think of Eden, we just, we think of, you know, just someplace nice and peaceful. Green meadows means that everything there is flourishing. And so not only does God provide us with everything that we need, but he makes sure that our lives are flourishing. He makes sure that we are prosperous in all of our ways. He makes sure that we have the best of the best. So not only is he leading us, he's guiding us. Not only is he giving us everything that we need, but he makes sure that we have the best of everything that there is and that we are prospering. It also says he leads me uh, in the NIV. He leads me beside the still waters. I say that version because that's probably the one that we know. But in the NLT, it says he leads me by peaceful streams, still waters, which means we've been given peace. Peace is ours. He is, he's not just leaving us alone, but he is guiding us through this beautiful meadow of being prosperous. And he's leading us and guiding us to where it's quiet, where we can have peace for our minds, peace for our souls. And so we are not walking this journey alone. He is with us and he is making our ways prosperous. As we continue in verse three, it says, he renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. NIV version, it says, he leads me besides quiet waters He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Now, if we think about this, it's telling us and giving us the promise that he is going to renew us in times when we feel weak, in times when we may be feeling depressed, when we might be feeling overwhelmed. 
It says that he will renew our strength. He will restore, restore our soul, restore that joy, uh, restore anything, any hope that may have been lost or just depleted from life's just everyday living. It says that he's going to renew our strength and he guides. See, and and if one thing uh, I hope we notice uh, in most of these verses, it repeats that he guides us. He leads me. He guides me. He guides me along the right path. So he is always with us, no matter what we go through in life, no matter what we face, whatever it is that you're thinking about now or you're dealing with in this present moment, God is with you and he is renewing your strength. He sends, whether it's a friend to comfort you, whether that's a song that just happens to play, whether, you know, that's something that you watch on TV that just invigorates your soul. God does this. He's he's never not present. And it says to bring honor to his name. So that gives us even more hope because he's not doing it because of us. He's not doing it to, 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 you know, just because we asked him to or because just because he's feeling like it. No, he's giving honor to his name for his name's sake, which means it's not because of the things that I do, which is great news because that means that even if I fall, even if I slip, it doesn't matter because he's doing these things not because of my good works, but because of the glory for his name and because we belong to him. We were bought at a price. We are his. And he has promised us that he will never leave us. He's promised us comfort. He's promised us peace. He's promised to be our our father. And because he has done that in his word, for his namesake to stay true to his word, he will continue to do all that he has promised. Amen. Amen. Just thinking about that just makes me excited because we've all fallen short. The Bible even says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But because of his namesake, he still does what he promised us. And if we continue in verse four, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. And reading it in the NIV also, it says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, this is a comfort to anyone, because when I hear, when I walk through the darkest valley, this in itself provides so much hope, and it removes any kind of I would say blinder to the fact that we will go through things in life. It's promising us one thing first and foremost, when I walk through the dark valleys, which means he knows that we're going to experience things in this life. You're, you're going to go through difficulty. You're going to go through pain. You're going to go through heartache. You're going to go through sad times. But in the midst of that, take heart because it says, I will not be afraid We are declaring that we will not accept fear. And then it tells us why. Why will I not be afraid? Because you are close beside me. He is God and he is with us. And it says his rod and his staff, they protect me and they comfort me. The word of God is my protection and my banner and my shield. So I can face any difficulty. I can face anything that the enemy tries to show my way, but I can stand out and declare that I will not be afraid because I understand who my God is. And more importantly, he is with 
me and he provides everything I need. And in that moment of difficulty, the thing that I need most is comfort. The thing that I need most is protection. The thing that I need most is love. I need understanding. I need to feel as though I am not alone. All of these things is wrapped up into, I shall not want. I have everything I need. And thus I will not be afraid. This is why in the scripture, it also says, you have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind. Why? Because the God Almighty, he is with us. The Holy Spirit lives within us. And so we do not have to fear anything that may come our way. Blessed be to God. And as we get to verse five, it says, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor my head with oil by anointing. And in the NIV version, it says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. (laughs) This, can I tell you another spin on this? Not everyone is going to like you. That, that's one. That's the first thing I have to say. Well, not the first thing, but through years and years and years of reading this exact same scripture and getting different revelation, that was one that kind of stood out to me. Like, not everyone's going to like you. Like, you're going to have, they might not come out right and say, okay, this is my enemy, or you might not think of them that way. But there are unfortunately people who are rooting for our demise. Uh, I will just be honest. And whether it's conscious or subconscious, they they don't want to see you succeed. They would rather you be as they are, um, or if they have succeeded, that you don't come up to where they are. And that's just the truth. Unfortunately, we are all fallen people. And so this still gives us comfort that though in the midst of of, of people who may not like you, people who may talk about you, people who may uh, call you names or point out your flaws or say things falsely against you. God says that he prepares a feast, (laughs) a joyous time in the presence of the enemies. So there's nothing for you to fear even with man. Man, There is nothing that man can do to you that God cannot restore that God cannot come in and interfere and intercept and show himself to be God. He says that he will prepare a feast, a table set before you and set before your enemies to prove who you are, prove who he is, and to get the glory all in the midst of the process. And when we think of a feast, a feast represents blessings. And a feast isn't just like a meal, okay? This isn't just your normal uh, chicken and rice or (laughs) my favorite pork chops and macaroni. This is a feast is almost like you can feed a village. Uh, A feast is like lots and lots and lots and lots of food uh, ongoing, almost like a buffet that just does not end. And it's like he, this is what he is preparing for us blessings upon blessings upon blessings. And that is why even another scripture, it says he knows the plan that he has plans to prosper us and to give us hope, to give us a future. There's, there's a feast that he is preparing for us. And so there is nothing that we need to worry about. We should not be concerned. We should not fear. We just need to continue to trust in God and trust in what it is he has for us. Trust in him being that good shepherd. 
And when it talks about anointing our head with oil, you know, as we read about the oil anointment in the Bible, it, there's different significancies um, that it refers to. Sometimes it's recovery for the sick or just honoring someone, but really it was uh, mostly said when it was anointing someone to be in a higher position in service for God, whether that was, you know, anointing for a high priest or in the case of King David, where he was anointed to become king, it was an elevation of sorts. And so I found it very interesting that it was paired uh, with the feast being spread in the same manner as that he will prepare these blessings and elevate us. He will pour the anointing all over our heads. And it said, my cup, my cup overflows. Everything that I need, I get. And as I give, I get more and I get more and I get more. And it's just so amazing, the God that we serve. And these are the things that he is promising us in his word. And then it ends with, surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. And IV says, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of God forever. Now that is a promise that I will forever hold on to. There's not a shadow of a doubt. It says, surely, surely your goodness, not maybe your goodness, not yes, your goodness. It says, surely, like a statement of fact that, that cannot be uh, revoked or, or removed or even uh, moved or, or twisted to the left or right. It says, surely his goodness. There is no doubt that God's goodness, his love, his mercy, his grace, it, it follows it follows me. Now think of someone actually following you. It's like wherever you go, they're, they're just right there. You can't shake them. You can't move somewhere where they're not. They're just always behind you. And that is the image God wants us to have for his goodness, the good things of God, for his mercy. Mercy when we, and I said this before, when we slip and fall or when we just need a little bit extra uh, grace, when we're, his mercy, they follow us all the days of our life. Today, yesterday, tomorrow, next week, God's goodness is following after us. His mercy next month is following after us. We're about to almost get into a new year of 2023 in the next few months his goodness and his mercy follows us every single day of our lives. And that includes until the day that we die. So it does, it does not matter what tomorrow brings. It says, surely without a shadow of a doubt, God's goodness and his mercy shall follow us. And then it says, we will dwell, we will live in God's house forevermore. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, there is joy, there is mercy, there is everything that we need. So even after we have lived this life and we go before the Father, it says we will continue to live in God's house forever. That's unending. So when this flesh dies, our spirit is still very much alive and His mercy <laughs> still follows us. We are still in His grace. We are still in His goodness. And so if we sum up Psalm 23, it's really a love letter from a father to his children, just promising us everything that He's already given us, everything that He's already ordained before the foundations of the earth were established. 
Let us be mindful of the God that we serve. Let us be mindful that He is a good Father, that when we feel lost, He is a shepherd who leads us, who guides us. And when He leads us and guides us, He leads us towards good paths, to a prosperous green meadow, to a prosperous and fulfilling life. He leads us to to peace when we have things that's going on in our mind that's shaking and that there's just a lot of voices that's going on in your head. He leads us to quiet, peaceful waters. He restores our soul. If you're feeling broken today, if you are feeling just like you have no more energy, you have nothing left to give, God is ready to restore your soul today, to restore your strength, to renew you. The Bible says that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not get weary. They shall walk and will not faint. And when we are facing our difficult moments, uncertain times, when we are uh, ashamed, when we feel alone, when we have been betrayed, when we have been sentenced, when we have been falsely accused, it says that we will not be afraid. We will not be. Why? Because God is right there with us, going through every single thing with us. There's another passage in scripture, and it's one of my favorite. It says, when you go through hard times, when you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you go through the fires, you will not be burned up or consumed. It's the same promise here that he gives us in Psalm 23, that he is with us, that we have nothing to fear when we go through these hard times. And it says, and if one of your hard times is where you're facing enemies, he said not to worry at all. If you're on the job and someone is trying to, to attack or, or attack your character or to try to get your position or whatever it is, he said, he will make a feast and a table before your enemies. You will receive promotion. He will anoint your head for good things. And then surely, surely, no doubt whatsoever, he will always be good. He will always be kind. He will always be extending his mercy to us. So I just want to close out with prayer. Father, we just give you all the praise, God. We give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you for being a good, good father. We thank you that you have sent your Holy Spirit to live within us, God, to remind us of how loving you are, to remind us of how much you love us more than we will ever know, to give us peace, to give us comfort, to give us wisdom. And so we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the gift of your Son, who you set on the cross, God, to die for our sins so that we can come before you boldly, God. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for who you are, God. In this moment, I pray that you will heal every heart. God, that you will remind us that you are with us always. Jehovah Shammah, you are always with us. Thank you that your goodness and your mercy follow us every single day of our lives. God, we thank you for covering us right now under the blood of the Lamb. God, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your provisions. Father, we declare that we are protected under you. You have promised it in your word. And for your name's sake, God, your promises will be fulfilled. God, your promises will be restored, God. And so we thank you as we bless you and as we honor you. And thank you for being a great shepherd. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 
Well, I want to thank you so very much for joining me today uh, for this episode on the Praying Wife podcast. I pray that you have been blessed. Remember, as always, that you are beautiful, you are powerful, you are made in the image of God, and you are loved. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. You can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter. Um, If you have any questions, if you'd like to reach out for anything at all, you can visit us at theprayingwife.com. Go to our Contact Us page and just send us an email. Thank you so much again for listening. This has been another Praying Wife episode. I hope that you have a wonderful, God-blessed day. See you next time. Bye-bye.